Hello, this is Kelly McGee, and it's August the 29th, 2020, and we have the second half of Tony Rodriguez and his experiences on Mars and where it goes from there. My understanding was that particular base had been established and had people there working and they were doing research and it was close. They, they, the bugs were very territorial and it was close to a, a territory and it got overrun and a lot of people died. And so it, the base itself was, it was underground. There were five or six levels, but it was empty. It was a base big enough for hundreds of people. And there were only like 50 people there that I saw, like, it was an empty it was a it was an abandoned base basically because it had been attacked so they were testing ways so we were a support soldier they were testing ways to put more people on the ground with minimal training to help out the soldiers that really had training that were expensive so so it was trying to make the base safe again i think so or yeah it was just it was a test bit it was an experiment how many bases Um, do you think are on mars or I, I wouldn't have a clue, right. to be honest with you, but there were many, you know, the impression was that there were many right. and they were underground like that. That program got canceled and then I got taken to a bigger city that was also underground on Mars that had domes, big dome structures. And it was another bout of the same thing, the same kind of programming. And I learned, I did testing, aptitude testing, to see what I was good for. And then they trained me to fix ships to do, to trip, to uh, do ship repair, ship maintenance. And what kind of beings piloted those ships? Humans, Germans. So, and then I went on a train that lifted, and and it was like a, went through a portal, and I, it took it, it the train. I'm I'm trying to skip through it all fast and not give all the details, but the train went into a tunnel. There was a poof, a flash of light. There was a weird disorienting feeling, and then it, it started stopping immediately. And when we got out, it was a hangar, and there were hundreds of germans it was and the dirt was a different like on mars the even on the walls like there were places that things were made out of like the dirt color like red and when the train stopped everything was gray colored like a like a really like a white chalky dirt color the, the pavement the the cement was a different kind and they were germans it was a straight up german facility colony so the way i what's kind of coming through is the child trafficking and these billionaires and the Satanists seem to be connected to the Dracos or the reptilians, and that's maybe where it links into the space program. It's because we're dealing with off-planet influences that are part of this strange cult behavior. Is that exactly? So here's my. So this is good because Laura. So you're somebody that has a great deal of understanding. It's not every day I can have a conversation with somebody on this level. My personal theory, and there are many things. There are many little things that led me to believe it was that. Because that guy, because they knew that his life was going to make him a billionaire, that he was going to have that kind of power, that they used the tech that uh, that a, a draconian, a reptile, or a, some can come down and put their consciousness in that person's body. Because they have a time travel tech, because there is a the bases are kept in, um, they have bases around Jupiter in in temporal bubbles that are outside of time. So they can come out of that bubble into the future or go back into it and come out of it into the past. And they have a list of things from the future. They go, this guy's a billionaire, this guy's a billionaire, this guy. So when they, at a certain time in their age, in, in their life, they can go and take their consciousness out and put a reptile there and basically be in charge. 
So the rituals would be the reason all this feeding and all this stuff is because it's actually feeding a reptile. A reptile. Because they're reptiles and they eat us anyway. It's a nor- it's a normality for them. And so it's abnormal for us. Right. So the Satanist factor is that a Draco thing, or is that sort of a mask for this agenda to say this is about satanic rituals? It could be the tip of a bigger iceberg. I don't know, um, but I have a good feeling that the guy that owned me, the guy, the owner in Seattle, was indeed. Um, his consciousness was an ET thing. Like he was born and raised on earth and had an earth life. But I think his consciousness had been influenced either that, or he did time and space for these people, you know, like he did a 20 back, uh, you know, in the good way and was recruited and worked with them. And so obviously this billionaire was part of the satanic rituals. You said just a small number of people were. So, yes. And, uh, um, if, if they can just, snatch any of us i mean what is, is there a way people can protect themselves from this i mean is it a certain type that can, or is it, or are we all just vulnerable to being- well they said that there were there were genetics involved but not everybody can go uh, not everybody can do it uh there are, and i don't know what the genetics enable you to do if it's the cloning or if it's the time travel i don't know what aspect of it requires a certain kind of genetic but there are genetic limits like not everybody can be taken Right, so most of the power... And I got to think that they've got it down to a science that they don't take people that can... Like, I I was an anomaly because I remember. And uh, also, because I wasn't groomed into a program, I think later on that my records were deleted, that there was a a slip-up in my... Like, I went through the cracks. I wasn't the norm. Right, kind of it's usually they, they, they target you at school maybe for a MyLab thing or it has to do with family or a military background um, and because you dealt with this kid whose father you know decided right, to and they said My, we'll run him through too you know and he goes he they goes. want to check and make sure that you wouldn't be somebody who remembers or they can't yeah. well, I guess you know it was weird after I got back so uh, oh May maybe a month later after I got back my family doctor, we went, back then we went to a family doctor in a small town, and he was an old guy. He, we had, a, uh, they, they made up a reason and said that I had to come in for a checkup. It was, my mom thought it was weird. You know, I remember this, it stood out, and it's something that I thought about later that I went, wow, this is about that time. So there was a guy there, instead of the doctor, he had won a trip to a seminar or something out of state. So they sent us a notice saying that we had to come on a certain day. And on the day we were there, the doctor had won something to go away to a certain trip. And the doctor that was there was this young guy. And my mom was like, well, she always talked. She, she went home and told everybody how handsome this guy was. But he was a specialist in brain surgery. Like he was a way, like he was way overqualified to be a family doctor that day. And there were, and when I got to the, uh, the waiting room, which I did this all the time, my doctor, you know, there was never anybody else there. There were like five kids from my school there. It all got the same kind of notice to see this doctor that day. When I went in and saw him, he gave me the stethoscope and this and temperature. And then all he wanted to know was what I, what my dreams were. Have you had any strange dreams lately? Like what doctor asked you this? He, and, he, and I'm going, no, I was scared. I went, no. And he said, How, tell me about your dreams. What Can you remember your last dream you had? And that, like he grilled me for like 10 minutes on what my dreams were. And I was totally like, no, I, everything's normal. But that was a follow-up. You know, like they knew what was going on. It was a follow-up to see if I was beginning to get memories. So this doctor was just sort of like placed there for a reason to... Yeah, to follow up, to see if, if I had a residual... 
memories of of anything that happened and the other kids that were called too do you think they were part of i think that they probably went as well exactly i think i think they scooped a bunch of kids up from our school they wow. i think that those people it follow, they it follows them around i think that you say well um is it rant if there's a hundred people that have access to this and it's where they go through their life that's that's what happens i'll bet if you take people that get taken and uh, you know some of the more famous ones i'll bet if you look at their life i'll bet there are extraordinary people that they bumped into prior to that you, you know what i mean not quite kind of i think that a lot of people are taken because of who they bump into in their day-to-day life oh, oh right okay and so. that person says oh i'll bet they'd be good for it and boom they go you know like uh, like the child trafficking thing where they they recruit you know like we hear about the victims coming forward with Epstein somebody comes out recruits you know the vulnerable person tries to yes exactly well everybody thinks that you know it's not widespread how come if there's taken so many people then how come I don't know anybody that did it how come I you know and for a few a few reasons number one there's a lot of people to pick for choose from there's 300 million people so if you take only 100,000 of them that's very few for one and for two the memory banking works you know when i wanted to remember it i couldn't and it just came back to me as a natural thing like later in life there was a time when i when i uh i guess the memories just happened maybe it was an mri i don't know but um i'm the, i think i'm the rarity uh most of the people that i remember that i speak to that have memories don't have as many they have a few keystone memories of coke it seems to be the most emotional most traumatic memories of what people remember that that doesn't get deleted you know people remember the times that they were very stressed maybe those memories are stored somewhere different so like on a larger picture level when we look at the state of the world and timelines and where we're all headed and the galactic history behind how this even is possible um wh- how do you kind of like process the larger picture as far as these races i mean and and this part of the secret space program that seems to be connected well, to a, a dark agenda for the rest of the planet. Well, I, I think there are many agendas going on. When you think about it now, you can look at it like people look at the people want to think that there's a giant feder like a federation of great ETs that they do good and they give people free stuff and they're great and they want they're benevolent they're going to help us and that's that. And then other people uh, don't want to admit that there's any negative ETs. And I don't want to put it in a basket like these guys are good, these guys are bad. You look at the United States as a whole. Look at our government as a whole. It's not evil. It's not completely evil, but there are departments, there are people that do evil things that happen to work for the United States. You know, do you get what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's bigger than that. It's more complex than that. We do great things. The average American is not an evil person. But we do, our country as a whole has some, does some things that are very bad. And it's not because we're all evil. And the ETs are the exact same way. So they have departments. They, you know, a, a Nordic can come down, a Nordic ship can come down and do something. That doesn't mean they speak for the every Nordic. Right. So, and I think that's what goes on. I think that a lot of the, um, another thing that, another thing that people don't realize is the same way that we don't interfere with animals in the wilderness you know if an animal kills another animal, we don't care we don't that's just in nature because they're animals to us that's how we are looked at by other humanoid beings that are advanced you know they at least leave us alone because we're just we only live 80 100 years we're only 100 year being humanoid 
They live a thousand years. They have a million words. We have a hundred thousand words. They have a million words. They have telepathy, no secrets. So they look at us as a lower thing. Just let us let us do our own thing. Then, so that's why there's not a lot of interference. I, that's and this is my opinion. You know, just just what I vaguely remember. But here we have the potential to really advance ourselves, understand our junk DNA, and what, what sort of interference? Because we have the potential to be far more advanced than we are. What sort of and and then some ETs have you know manipulated us or, or messed with our genetics or. Um, can you talk at all about just the the ones that have interfered versus maybe ones that kind of leave us alone? Do you know much about that? Or so, as far as I know, that it's a we had a territory. We were within a territory of the Draco, so that they had say over us to do whatever, and they set us up to be a resource. So that's what happened to us. Um, and at the same time, because of the net, you take the natural aspect of why we're here you know when you in people incarnate you know i believe in the soul that lives forever and i believe that you go through many lives until you get it right so people incarnate here on purpose for the for the challenge of it and it's nice to come down here and uh, i mean like i said the reality is we we live a short time compared to other humanoids we should live much longer than what we do right and so it's that's an advantage if you wanted to come down and just see for instance what it would be like to be a girl you're like, I've been a guy this whole time. I'm like, check it out. I'm only going to do it for 80 years, though. You know, if I like it, then I'll do it again. I think that that's kind of the purpose of our, of where we're at, of our level of consciousness. That's the purpose of it is kind of a, um, like a, uh, a lease uh, of, of lifestyles. But we were interfered with to be used as a resource so that we wouldn't be able and to. And that opened the door to be taken advantage of, exactly. And if we can advance beyond that, then we won't be the food source for these beings. And so that's yes. our challenge. As a whole, right, because into this ascension, you. What are your thoughts on ascension? Anyway, what were you going to say? My thoughts on ascension are they're, they're okay. So they've held us back uh, a long time from, and we talked about this last time. How you you know the the people that I see around me in my day to day life are basically good people, but most people, I'm like I'm in America, I'm in Northern Michigan right now. Most people that I come across are don't care about anything other than what's going on. They care about their situation. Like most of them are, are, are whatever, um, want to get ahead. They want to take care of their survival thing they're the and they've done very well. Yeah. They, their own survival is guaranteed. They've done very well with their own survival. They can go shopping, they can do whatever they want and they have no desire to go to any higher pursuit of helping anybody else learning anything else or caring like okay so most people nowadays back in the day nobody believed in ets i sat at the table it was hilarious i sat at lunch with a bunch of guys the other day and they're talking about the netflix show with uh bob lazar and they're like i believe there's got to be ets up there and i i perked my i poked my head up on and uh i'm thinking boy is it hilarious that you guys are sitting at the table with me and i didn't really want to chime in because it's not my it's not my responsibility to force it down someone's throat they don't ask but they didn't care. The one guy said, I know there's ETs out there. And the other guy was like, yeah, but so what? They didn't care. They don't care behind the. They don't see it for what it is. They don't see it for what it is that just having the, the just having a large bank account isn't it. That That's not what is, you know what I mean? The, we have much more work to do in making ourselves better people. And you, you can't, and you can take that with you. 
when you make yourself a, a, a bigger consciousness, when you can get in touch with other things, other vi, you know, the, when you can really expand on your consciousness and, and do the self work, you take that with you. And get just having the basis met, which is what everybody around here does, is they just have their survival guaranteed. They've got their survival actually mastered. And you can't take that with you. Right. Well, once uh, everything kind of comes to the surface about, that's what's great about what's going on in the news right now is people will take a double take when they start to see, wow, royalty, celebrities, politicians have been a part of this really you know, dark stuff. And then that should open the doorway to the secret space program thing. And then maybe everybody's survival world and what they're trying to pursue, realizing that a lot of people with money are, are very you know, corrupt. Um, you know, it'll, it'll open some eyes, but as we advance, you know, when we look at benevolent races or benevolent ETs and what our human potential is, you know, what, what are your thoughts? You, you, you feel um, that we're heading in that direction where this, we move into higher harmonic universes, higher earth energies? Let me ask you this. If you were a higher density being, like you, let's say that you, Laura, you, Laura, right now lived on another planet and you could get here to earth in five minutes but your planet you live on is telepathic and nobody has any secrets and there's really not a lot of crime everybody's on the same page you all work towards the same kind of goal some of you don't and uh but it's basically um people are working worrying about spiritual pursuits a, a higher no nobler purpose what do you think would happen if you came down into los angeles downtown and walked around for a like period that. of time you get victimized. Do you, you know what I mean? At a certain, at it's at very minimum, somebody would make fun of you. Eventually, you'd be victimized. Oh yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, you, you, people don't. People that don't fit in are kind of. We're still in that pack mentality right now. So oh, it's it's the yeah personality matrix, the mind control, the unconsciousness. It's being an advanced soul or being here is incredibly difficult, and that's I, I work with clients all the time with that perspective of knowing you know most of us feel completely whacked by this people that are on that level of worrying about their self that like i said they're um worrying about their situation their survival don't respect people that are not surviving as well as they are we're trained to if you're not surviving as well as me then you're not as good as me that's totally not the truth but so for et i wouldn't blame a benevolent bt et for wanting to come down here because we're brainwashed right now so that's got to go away so What's funny is you just talked about the news, and just yesterday on the news, I saw that we're going back to the moon. Talk to us about yeah current events and what you're seeing in the world, and um, so, like, apparently Trump signed a thing with NASA that we're going back to the moon in 2024. Coincidentally, at the end, if he wins the next term, it'll be coincidentally at the very end of his term. And last year, Randy Kramer talked about it that he had spoke with his brigadier general that that was the ideal time for them to have a disclosure event at the end of a presidency. So just coincidentally, the guy that started the Space Force is also gonna, that's supposedly working with the military industrial complex that's overthrown a lot of these satanic elite, worshiping elites. And there's been you know wars going on in space, battles in space. Just coincidentally, he's announced that at the end of his second term, if he wins it, of course, at the end of his second term that we're gonna have, we're gonna just happen to land men on the moon. So I can see that opens the door to a disclosure event. They're going to go to the moon, the South Pole, and either find a structure or the ETs can contact us and they can concoct whatever story they want to say, oh, we, you guys finally made it. We've been waiting for you to get here. Now we're going to, now we're, 
you guys are qualified to be in our little group, our group. Here you go. Now there's life. So even though the, the program has been going on for a hundred years. Right. Well, you know, I just, uh, I just really feel like whatever goals we have for ourselves individually are, are reachable. If, if it means ascension for some, they're going to ascend. If others are just concerned with survival, it's going to be the survival. As these things begin to get more and more disclosed, people will be opened up to more options and a, a much larger view. So these sort of news events and these things that we're seeing, are you know, that's part of the shift. Um, didn't you mention before something about you and Antarctica? We did missions there. Um, so the last few years of my time on Ceres colony, so Ceres uh, is a small planetoid just outside, just in between Mars and the asteroid belt, and that's where the Germans were. That's where I lived for like a decade. It's a small planet, but we came to Earth quite a bit. Wait, and there, real quick, when you talk about the Germans, are you talking about Nazi Germans or regular Germans? Nazi Germans. Okay, I mean, not exactly Nazis. They had a dip, they had a curved swastika. It looked like, a, I thought it was like a galaxy. I thought that they were representing a galaxy out of it. It was like a swastika, but it was rounded. Okay, so go back to the Antarctica? So, but we would do missions there, and whenever we did go to Antarctica, there were times when there's a place in the Katarina Mountains in South America where we could enter into uh, the inside of the Earth, and there was a place where we met, and there were uh, there were people, there was there were high, more advanced spe- uh, races inside the Earth that could fly through the rocks. They could fly right through a wall, and the Germans wanted that tech really bad, and they were begging to trade with them. And they kind of were like, those people were really, you know, um, they really looked down to us, the Germans. But anyhow, so we would take stuff there and we would deliver cargo for them so that they could send stuff cargo anonymously and blame it on us or whatever, whatever advantage it was, I don't know. But we did that often. There was, I remember looking, it was like uh, there would always be water coming in and you could see sunlight, but it was, there was a big rock thing and then their ship would pull up. Our ship would come sideways, we'd unload cargo. And their ship would pull up right on the cliff, and it would just hover there, and we'd load them. Anyhow, we went there from there underwater to Antarctica sometimes. And I remember I hated being underwater in the ship. It made the, it made noises, it, it, like the the hull would pop, it would flex, you know, pang, you know, and it sounded ter- it was terrifying to me. I was always afraid to get caught underwater. But when we went there, they would make us clean everything up very good because they. The officers on my ship would be um, could get in trouble. Like they would be inspected when we went to. They called it high command. When we went to Antarctica, they they would call it high command. And I remember that it was always like muddy there, and there was uh, it was muddy when we went offload. It was dark, and you could see ice. It was under the ice, and it was about fifty degrees. Or I think maybe they told me it's Celsius, and I don't remember, but it felt like about fifty degrees cold. It was it was pleasant there and I thought man how is this ice not melting away you know but um, that was where we would go and we would stop there and we would do cargo missions We and there were many times that we would stop there and we would stay at our post and sit there for two hours or three hours and do nothing while the um, the VIPs on the, the captain and the command crew would go inside and be briefed on a mission or whatever but we would just stay on the ship and do nothing it was boring and, you know. and what stage of this was where like what age in the 20 and back you know, like in the last two years, I was out there, so 28 years old, 28, 29. You're mostly, years. You're mostly um, you, you said before your position was, I mean, you're, you're kind of like in the military, but like in this way, but you, you mentioned being, you know, treated like a slave or called a slave. 
And was, was that slave to the Germans or the Nazis or the yes. or both? Obviously, I was, the Germans owned me. I was a piece of equipment, and I was treated as such. They had, you know, like um, they took care of me. I was, I had three hot and a cock, and I had a doctor, and they, you know, I was like a piece of equipment. They maintained me. But I was a slave. I wore a collar that would shock me. And I was allowed to go anywhere I wanted as long as I showed up for work on time. You know, I could go. There was, But there were heavy penalties if I didn't. I mean. And they were answering to ETs, the Nazis? Yes. The Dracos? There was a Draco base where we would go around Jupiter and report to. There were several that would go inside. There were, okay, so there was a bubble and you'd go in it. And I was the first one to say that it was all black on the inside, that when you looked out the window, you could see no stars. And I said that well before somebody else. But that's what it was like. And inside the one, the Draco one, it was a long, like, steel-looking, uh, with, it had, it had uh, arms that came out of, the, out of the station. It was a space station. It had long arms that came out. We docked to them. And when we walked down the halls, there were windows, but they were up for, like, they looked like, like the halls were built for something much taller than us. Like, we couldn't see the, out the window. The window was 10 feet up the wall. So some being that was tall enough to see out that was who it was made for. And, it was, and they kind of had a trapezoid shape to them. Um, and carpet. And But we would go there, and we I was only went on board that one time. But there, were, there was another base. So And then when you went inside the temporal bubble, you had to go back out of the exact same way. Otherwise, you would go to it. One time, we came out 16 hours into the past. So we had to wait for 16 hours to go home because we hadn't left yet. So, so it seems like the Dracos are using the Nazis who are using people like you to create this sort of thing on Earth that is like these control agendas, um, right? So but what about the yeah, North? Look, we, we had access to goods. We, we would go to Diego Garcia and pick up cargo in the middle of the night and... We not, it's not like we paid for it. Um, they would just pick it up. It was all from the black money. So they, they, these were things that we would trade with other worlds for tech. Right. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of different agendas and a lot of different races. But the primary thing that we've been noticing with World Wars and Illuminati would be this Draco alliance with certain individuals that use people like billionaires to you know, and, and other powerful people. But it's really you know kind of... They have all the control aggregated at the top, so that you really only this small amount of people to control a lot of people. And, right? and if you look around it, that's how we're set up right now. And then the Nordics and Dracos, some of the Nordics have an alliance with the Dracos, right? You know, I don't know the official part of it, but they all did business together. So on Ceres Colony, there were many, many, many different races of ETs that would visit. Um, it wasn't, there were two indigenous, there were, okay, there were the Germans that were there, humans. There were humans that visited from that were not from Earth. I met humans from other planets that looked just like us, talked like us. They were just like us, but they were from another planet. And um, there were two species that lived there that were that were under the that basically listened to what the Germans told them. They lived under the Germans, but they lived on Ceres as well. And then many other visiting species that would come. They were doing business. They're doing trade. That's, that's what's going on. They're all trading. The, our mission on our ship when I was a cargo engineer was to trade goods for technology. Period. So this all relates to just, uh, you know, Second World War kind of dynamics of how humans and ETs got very involved. And I know it goes way further back, just, you know, Anunnaki type stuff. But besides Germans, I mean, there's there's others, right? I mean, 
uh, Randy Kramer talks about something Eisenhower set up the USMC special section that worked yeah, with the Marine Corps special forces. Yeah. yeah. So that was the Mars that, that was on Mars. And there were other, there were a lot of places. We did a lot of times we did cargo missions within the solar system. We, we went to other systems often and most of, most of the time, but um, there were many times we stayed in the solar system and we, there, um, space was a, a real estate was a premium for the Germans on Ceres colony. They didn't have a lot of storage, huh? And Mars colonies are mostly German bases. Then was a different right. It was a different corporation, different corporation. Think about it like that. That, um, but they didn't have a lot of places to warehouse stuff. So they had a they had a base in the Kuiper Belt on an asteroid that they had a warehouse on, and it, I guess everybody did. But um, when we would fly out there and back, we didn't jump. We would fly straight. And then we couldn't stop. We talked about Pluto, that it would have been perfect. It was a short trip from Pluto to Ceres. The Kuiper Belt was much farther out. Um, and time-wise, I forget how much it was. But I remember it sucked. We were like, man, we got to go all the way to the Kuiper Belt. And it, we, we'd stand around and do nothing waiting for it. It was a long it was a long ride. So it wasn't like but, just uh, teleporting real quick? like Not within the solar system. They had, it, they had it mapped out to be a full day, you know, to take our day because we were just doing that. There's and, a lot of... They didn't always have stuff to do. But what I'm saying is Pluto, we weren't allowed to land there. Somebody else was in charge of it. We weren't allowed to go to Saturn. A lot of the planetoids around Saturn were taken by another another program. So we, didn't have, we weren't we didn't we were not welcome there. And uh, there were a lot of we could never nobody went to Venus. We I remember talking about it. Nobody had access to Venus. Nobody. But there was a super advanced race there that you couldn't you couldn't just go and invite yourself into venus something bad would happen it seems very protected then and i yeah gosh this is just so interesting um uh so do you know much about the saturn moon matrix and just kind of the satan saturn aspect of all that and well talked about i always wanted to go to saturn and look at it when we did do flybys but we weren't we weren't even allowed to be close to it i remember that we did a flyby i wasn't a lot i was i was it was one of those times when i couldn't stop what i was doing and go look out the window you know, I would have gotten in trouble. But uh, we, for the most part, we couldn't go there. We couldn't go there, you know, to the Titan and the bases around it. There are colonies there that are have no affiliation with the Germans. And the Germans at the Ceres colony wanted their, uh, they had things in place, like they tried to keep it a secret. They they wanted a Ceres colony to be hidden. The entrance was, was hidden. They did, like, they didn't have any kind of towers or things on the surface of Ceres to make it look like somebody's there. They didn't want, they because we stole, because we regularly would go and trade with ET races and steal. And they didn't want to be tracked back to our colony, you know what I mean? It was an act of war. Was there, thing. Mm-hmm. Was there, there are so, so many different species out there. Uh, you know, I read a thing that said something like seven out of ten stars has an Earth around it. There were so many of them in the cosmos that there are so many different species that you're not going to see them all. Like we went every day, if we went every day and traded with a different one, we didn't make a scratch in my lifetime. That's how many species are out there. We're, we're conditioned to think that there's only one or two grays, there's reptiles and Nordics, a couple bugs, and that's it. And even when you watch sci-fi shows, they're like only a couple. The reality is, is that there are billions and billions and billions of Earths. And they all have their own species around them, and they're all they're at their own level of development. What's going so on? Maybe you know, ascension has a lot to do with 
uh, being out of uh, vibration, like you said, you know, come and have 80 years, you know, we, we're kind of limited by the laws of the body, but as we ascend and as our consciousness ascends, we can make agreements to end up someplace else in a different form, it seems. Um, but we have, you know, if, if we're bound karmically to this planet because there's, you know, something we have to complete or, or learn from in order to expand our consciousness, then we have to kind of keep coming back. And that's why it seems like many people have incarnated so many times here. But was there any... What? You would just take it with you. If you went to another world and became a rat man, you would just... If you right. had a... If you had an eating issue you had to take care of, you'd just go be a rat man and still have an eating issue. It's you. Right. So, you know, our soul is, is really where we have some level of personal sacred space for ourselves that that we're not just waking up um in in some i mean we we have our longevity and infiniteness of our soul and it's the adventure that it's on really and we just keep learning and, and having different experiences it seems um but there was no kind of like reputation of saturn like what it represented and who was there you didn't really hear much i did but i don't remember exactly what it was i remember okay, yeah. i remember having conversations about it and um, just being a, bummed that we couldn't go there. I remember being upset that we couldn't go there. Right. Because it I, sounded like a good place. Yeah, I'm just, you know, curious because it's uh, definitely considered to be a planet that, you know, was a sun that used to be a sun that went dark and it has a satanic component to it. There's a lot of Saturn worship. And so, um, yeah, uh, trying to figure that one out. So I know our, our time is kind of coming to an end and, I, I just want to, you know, see—is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share? I remember one real quickly. You were on the train, and you—you you, you weren't treated very nice, and so you always had to kind of—I don't yes. know. If you go into so that. when I went into public, so at the very end, I got a promoted to where they gave me money, you know, like twenty bucks a week, something like that. They had German money there. There was a money system in place on Ceres Colony for the people that live there, and so I could afford a train ride. On you know, when I got off work, it was in my normal day. When I got off work, I could train ride into town. And I learned very quickly that because I was a slave and I had a slave collar that I would get whatever picked on. You know, like if I sat down, I remember getting on the train and it being empty. And I was first in line because I was there waiting. And I'd go and sit down. The train would fill up and somebody would go, you, stand up, get over there. And it was like humiliating because that's how it was. But after a while, everybody would uh, pull out their phone. They all had their own little see-through phone. And I knew that after the train started, when everybody pulled out their phone, that I wouldn't get picked on. Right. Because every now and then I would. Somebody would just enjoy it. There was nothing I could do about it. Where was this train? On Ceres. Okay. So on Ceres, the Ceres Colony is a planetoid. It's like 580 miles, I think, wide, you know, diameter. And there are towns around the whole thing. There are rings, and they're all connected underground by train, by a train network. And um, they were building like crazy. They were mining out spaces. They were looking for water. They were finding technology inside pockets. They would find a pocket of water and drain it out, and they would find ruins of ancient technology in there. Wow. And, and so that was really, that was what they were trying to do. And they were building. They would rebuild. I remember I had a girlfriend, and I would go to her apartment, and it was an old ancient technology that was converted into apartment, into an apartment. And her door would, would read your mind. And, you know, you could say, I'm here now, and it would tell her that somebody's here, and she could open the door she could make me feel pain and go away. She could communicate through the, the, and it was the door, it was a machine, but it was a big stone door shaped like a triangle. And uh, that was there. They found it was a ruins and they converted it into apartments. So oh, interesting. Is there any kind of, like what's the talk about Earth? If there's all, all these different Earths, 
I mean, there's something special about this particular planet. I go into a lot of that, you know, kind of history about, you know, the diamond heart, the mother energy, Gaia, just kind of the history behind how this planet became what it is. And well, I think there, the, the other, there were other planets that we went on that seemed like the same thing. They all look alike. Um, most of the time when I would get a chance, like in my day, like when I got lunch, I had a lunch break and I would go onto the deck that had the observation windows. Sometimes they had the windows blacked out, like they could turn the windows off and they would, they would turn like a dark gray. Um, but when I would go there, usually at that time of the day, most of the time, I'd look out the window and we'd be at like a super high altitude. I'd be looking down on clouds. It could have been Earth. Looking down on clouds and, and ocean and, and uh, land. But they were all other planets. Like, Do they you, all looked alike. They all looked alike. Have you ever, I mean, is there any kind of holographic simulations where you think something's something but it isn't? Or just any kind of technology that they use to simulate certain things like a virtual reality I, I just heard a little bit about that here they had so the doors i guess that there was a giant doors that opened up but they didn't build they found the original base on series abandoned that some other et race had built and the germans moved into it back in the 50s or whatever and they started like they had mock they had mock cities like replicas of european cities built inside caverns inside series they would go in there and build a fake you know like it looked like europe european cities but I guess the doors on the outside to the one, the big Ohana Mons in that crater there, the doors had a big hologram that would go over them. And they would shut it off and you'd see these two doors, these doors with lights would be on and they'd open up. And they were gigantic. They were like a thousand feet by a thousand feet. And they would open up and go into um, the hangar area, which was miles and miles of, of space where ships would go in. And then it had air. I remember there were times when in the hangar area, We'd get off the ship and instead of jumping on the train to go somewhere, we would walk, you know, just for the fun of it, because just for something new, to the end of it. And it was low. Like, there were times when at the other end of it, the doors got stuck sort of open and sucked the air out. And there was low oxygen in there, low low air pressure and low oxygen. Because, But it was that big of a place where the doors could be open and all the air wouldn't be sucked out that fast. They could pump air into it fast enough to kind of... And when we would get to the very end, there were revolving doors that went into where the town began. And we'd go through the doors and the first couple breaths, you would go, <gasps> and just, it was like awesome because you got your first real back to oxygen again. It was a great, it was neat. So all these other Earths, though, were they called Earths or did they have specific? Oh, they had different pl- different names and different species that lived there. I, uh, I really only did two missions on one. One was we, we rode and we were trying to say, trade with a species and they looked kind of like, like a, imagine like a, it's hard to say this with a straight face, but imagine like a, a gray, a shorter, like a four foot tall gray with a rat, like a rat. And he had a rat tail and rat feet, but it was like a gray and he had kind of round eyes and looked like a rat. It was a rat man. It was a humanoid from rat, from, from rats. Like the way that we're evolved from monkeys, they say, like, that's our cousin is a monkey. Like, their cousin was a rat. And, they, you know, we, we were trading with them. We're trying to trade a deal. And I went I went on um, the mission. There was another mission where I went and it was a bigger planet. It was a heavy gravity planet. And the sky was much darker in blue. It was a dark blue and it was a desert. And they were rep- they were black, shiny black reptiles that had robes on it, their scales were shiny black. And we traded with them, we stole from them, and we got the hell out of Dodge. 
we were the, we were flying a what was called a double disc. It looked like a it looked like one of our discs that you know your typical disc, but like two of them. It was an uh, it was an it was an oval shape, a double disc they called it, and it was supposedly the reason we took it on that one is because it was fast. It was faster than what those reptiles had, so that we could get out of there. I know some people are probably like their minds are being blown, and it's really hard to wrap their heads around it. Some people might even say, "Well, maybe they're you know fake memories or memory implants." But the whole deal is, is that you weren't supposed to remember. So, if anything, they would want to wipe your mind. Why would they well, want to? I, I've had it all. So I've done a bunch of interviews, and I've had plenty of uh, negative comments on YouTube. I've sat engaged with it, and the thing is, uh, you know, I didn't want to believe it myself when I remembered it all. I was blown away. I wanted therapy. I didn't know what the hell was going on with me. And when I went to Seattle and I knew my way around a place that I'd never been, and what I remembered was extremely real, I got to think, you know, okay, fine. If they're fake memories, to what end? What am I doing with it that matters? You know, like, what, what, so what? I'm just doing a few interviews on YouTube, you know, right? So what, what is it? What am I changing? Really, nothing. I'm going into history with this, you know, historical account. So if there are fake memories, I'm not doing anything with it that's dangerous to anybody. I'm not changing it much. So that seems like a lot of trouble to go through for yeah. very small results, to yield very little results. Do you know what I mean? No, exactly. Yeah. It's like, what would be the point? And why would somebody walk around with these kind of stories if, you know, just, just to, I, I never, you know, I don't, I don't, these aren't even. The other thing is that when I found those people, I found their obituaries, the people from Seattle. And I found, I basically, Every time I find something, every time I think of something, like, maybe this will prove it, I'll check it out. And I went on, like, Google Earth and found the place that when I find the places I went, it blows me away, you know, um, that yeah. it was real. I go, man, it was real. So, God. Yeah. So, thoughts of flat Earth, you know, being somebody who's been in space, flat Earth theory? No. I didn't Not think flat. so. Every- so, and here's the thing about flat Earth. Here's the thing. I'll say this to anybody listening who even considers it, because I've watched some of the flat Earth videos, and they really work hard to sell it to you. You know, they really put in a lot of work to sell you the flat Earth thing. They really are working hard. And here's the thing: just go join an astronomy club. The physics doesn't work. Doesn't work. You can prove it that it's round to yourself. You don't need to spend a fortune. You can prove it's round. And you go get into astronomy, and anybody that has a telescope, there's no way they put a giant television that big. What would they make it out of? Even if they made it out of diamonds, it would collapse. If the whole sky was a dome, it, it just doesn't work. So anybody that's considering flat Earth stuff, get into astronomy. It's very rewarding. You'll learn. You'll prove it yourself. Is it and, just uh, a distraction? You'll be richer for it. Yeah. Huh? Kind of a distraction psyop. It's exactly what it is. It's because. Now, if I go to a if I go to a convention and I speak and a bunch of flat other people show up, anybody taking any kind of serious consideration will just be like turned off because that's so stupid. Because you know, I hate to use the word stupid, but it's so stupid. If you could, if you really believe the Earth is flat, it's like you're super uneducated about the physics of the world. I mean, it really, there's really the the materials, the 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 science that it would take, the reality of the physics evolved for the world to be flat just don't work with anything yeah. so yeah well i'm kind of walking away just you know really feeling we are in a multi-dimensional creation and there's just multiple species in different worlds and we are going through a lot as humans to awaken our consciousness and in a free will universe or at least in, on this particular earth uh those darker forces can be a great catalyst for our awakening and um 
I, I just I could talk to you forever, and I'm just hoping maybe you'll do this again with me and with me. I would love to. I would love to. You know, because it's not every day I meet somebody that understands half of it, for one. And the other thing is, I think a lot of the darker stuff, like like you said, the darker forces, I think they're just exploiting exploitable people. They're exploiting exploitable exploitable stuff. Yeah. You know, and that necessarily isn't super evil. It's just that, you know, at one point, at one point, you have a responsibility, like, uh, like you have a responsibility to not go into someone's house and steal from them. But at the same time, they have a responsibility to lock the door. Nice. Right? Well, you can't just leave your money laying out and expect somebody not to steal it. Right. And that's kind of like a metaphor for what goes on. You know, like, you know, you know, of course, you know, I'm the type of person that if you set something down valuable next to me, I'm not, I'm going to guard it and make sure it doesn't go. But also that's your responsibility to take care of your own self. There's, there's, there's a lot to it. And the dark forces just look for people that aren't locking the door. Right. Right. Well, that's a really, really great way to end. And is there anything that you want? Is that a good kind of close for you or is there anything else? Well, I just love it. Okay. So here's, I can just want to go on record and say that at the end of Trump's second term, if he wins, the next guy will probably be in on it too. But if, when that moon mission happens, we're gonna. Get, I'll bet we're gonna get a disclosure pretty quick. And how much? Did next, NASA, uh -huh, go ahead. Artemis, the Artemis program, it's called. Apollo, it was Apollo. Artemis is the sister, I guess. I don't know. The Greek god goddess Artemis. It's the Artemis program. So I guess when they go, twenty twenty four. Now we we now have a timeline of an opportunity to disclose. And I, I'm going on the record right now saying I think that's when it's gonna happen. Nice. That's my best guess. And NASA, how how much in the know are they about secret space programs, or is it so like anybody else? The people at the top are fully aware and participate, and the people that are working the nine to five at the bottom don't have a clue. The compartmentalism. Yep. And how many yep. secret space programs do you think there are? Is it accurate to say? By now, there's many. It's splintered off into many. There's there's probably over a hundred colonies up there, and they, you know they all work together. They all work together and trade with each other, but they're all at odds with each other and in competition. It's just like. You know, it's just like any high-pressure um, office. Right. People that are in com competing to do better than each other because it, it it motivates them. But as far as different, like, uh, secret space programs, like, were, are you Dark Fleet? On were Earth? You, were you connected with Dark Fleet or, like, what secret space program? You know, I guess that's the term, um, Nachtwaffen, uh, I guess. You know, they kind of have a bunch of different names. I, I didn't want to learn German when I was up there. I was resentful toward it. That was one thing that I they kept they kept trying to get me to learn German and I acted like I was interested but I wasn't I did not want to learn. Um, so they called it the, the the term is coined dark fleet so that would be them and they were very sure of themselves they were very they were of the mindset that if they kept believing that they were better than everybody that they would become better than everybody that they would mold and it and that's part of just the mind control of Hitler and things that we saw in the war right that's what they believed yeah. And that whole kind of Aryan mindset, we're the superior, and then it got really kind of out of control. Um, and yeah, and then obviously Project Paperclip coming to the U.S. I, I, I better, I could just go on. And I, I know, know, I know, I know. We could go, yeah. you know, 20 years is a lot to talk about. And then when you talk about how our, where our world's at today, a lot of things are going to change soon. And the only thing I can say to anybody is just find out, learn yourself, look, find out your own problems and work on them because... Our entire world is going to change quick, and you need to be the best you to get on to it. To get on with it, that's yeah. the only thing we can do right now. Is just everybody needs to make themselves better, and we're fix your weaknesses and and and, and 
expand on your strengths. That's the only thing we can do right now. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so, so much. Is there uh, any info as far as like website or where people can find you? Or Not yet. I'm just trying to get my regular life together. I'll, I'll come back to it soon. Now we have a timeline of stuff to do. Now I know I, I want to get my book done before 2024. Okay, wonderful. So, well, I look forward to next time. I hope we can make this happen again and you're just... Uh, Laura, I'm a fan. I love you to death. Keep up the great work. Uh, I watch you from a distance, and I'm so happy to, to have done this with you. I feel very honored to be here with you today, and I just love you. I love you, so too. I'll talk to you soon. So much. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. And yes. it, is one, it is one that is absolutely intransigent. In okay, so that was uh, Rodriguez, Tony Rodriguez, and um, his experience in life man I'll tell you what he's gone through a lot um he was abducted by aliens um and he went to the secret space program and they were doing drug running in Peru and they were he was uh sold to Mars and worked on German ships then he went to Seattle he was on a a SCORE pro program, which is like a 20 years and back program. Um, and he uh, worked with ETs. Um, and if you work longer than 20 years, he said, um, you could become insane. I could see that, yeah. Uh, April 82, that was when he was a kid. And that was when he was taken. And then when he was put back, things weren't quite right. You know, he was having a little bit of trouble with it. Then they treated him as a sex slave. And it just goes on and on. Um, honestly, um, this poor man's life is just tore apart. And we're, we're doing it all the time. You know, we're letting them take our people all the time. It could be you next, you know, and have to go through all that. We have to get this stopped. This is crazy. Why are we letting this happen? Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs>